This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Listen, I'm just saying, if my week and a half of parenting taught me anything, <laughs> it's that you don't have time to have a child and do anything else. I don't, we were, you just made me start recording because I was sitting here like, mm -hmm. up, like lauding you and you want the public credit now. For how did you write so many books with a child? <laughs> well, actually, I wanted you to record because of the ridiculous. If my week of parenting <laughs> taught me anything. For those who don't know, I was in charge of a perfectly competent 15-year-old for 10 days. He even did his, his own dish. He did the dishes. and He did the dishes after dinner. He was wonderful, a delight. He was gone most of the day. In he could Uber himself. <laughs> He was living in a fabulous house in a fabulous neighborhood in L.A. Yeah. It's um, just, you know. So, yeah, that was tough. <laughs> but I, even so, that's what I'm saying, though. That's a really good example. Mm -hmm, and like, mm -hmm. how? so how do you, I mean, I know obviously I was perfect. So that was easy for you to like manage me and like writing books. But then my awful brother came along. Mm -hmm. And his first awful thing was being a baby. So how did you, <laughs> how did you do that? Well, you were, you were pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, and Jack was just a baby. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think how this, I mean, wait, 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 before you go there. I, I had um, been a professional writer for about seven years when he was born. Mm -hmm. And I was not a professional writer at all when you were born. That's what I'm, that's why I hesitated because that, that was a difference. I had not had deadlines and stuff when you were a baby. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, daddy helped a lot. He was, he was a musician for those who don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, at so night. he, he worked at night. And so during the day I could get help. Jack never slept and he still doesn't. Um, no, every year for 24 years now, I've been saying maybe, maybe next year he'll understand. 
So that was the biggest challenge. I think like, cause with you, it was like, I, I really enjoyed escaping into writing. So I looked forward to it at night, mm. especially when I started. That's why you're better at writing at night these days. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Well, it removes, um, the distraction and maybe, I mean, that's something you could tr- try or I would also suggest now I was, <laughs> you didn't add that I was doing all of this in the kitchen. Yeah, we had a townhouse in a DC suburb. <laughs> and it was, I mean, in retrospect, that house was really cute, actually, because I've been to, you know, a lot of shitholes in Maryland. <laughs> and that was a pretty nice little townhouse. Mm-hmm. And it but yeah, you didn't have an office, which is crazy, because we had a guest room for like my childhood. Why wasn't that your office? It was, but I just I didn't ever. I couldn't get myself to stay there. It was upstairs. I had a kid. Oh, true. Um, and I was always cooking and so on, like kind of what you're doing. I was just going to suggest to you. I because guess we're just, trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out how to balance my childless life with my career. Yeah. <laughs> because I can't stop making the bed and doing dishes. I think you need to get up and do what you need to do. And I think you need to not use your office for anything else. I mean, use it as a dressing room too, because you're not going to lounge in a dressing room, but I think that just like they say you shouldn't take your work to bed or mm-hmm. they say you shouldn't watch TV in bed. I love watching TV in bed. <laughs> but um, I think that you should try that to, to, so that when you are in there, you feel like you're in a different place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's I pretty much do. I mean, I pretty much just do the podcast in here, edit the podcast. And then, you know, sometimes I do like some yoga or something at night because I can like really mood set in here. Mm-hmm. But and I think that's fine. But yeah, I I just think I need to actually do that in addition to setting timers and be like, okay, I have two hours to do any responsibilities around the house so that it's just like so it's an end point. Or I have two hours to work. And uh, during this time I'm setting, I cannot leave. I cannot go do something else. Mm-hmm. I think we, both. don't yeah. they say it takes three days to develop a habit mm. or is it weeks? Probably weeks. I, I kind of feel like it depends on the habit really. Yeah. But I mean, smoking um, probably three days. Uh, <laughs> well, except for me and Jack uh, who could never start. be addicted, addicted for some reason. God, I'm so glad. I'm so I glad know. you guys never got substance problems or. Well, no, I mean, it's just like we were absolutely embarrassing people who you know would like get a pack of cigarettes to like basically as a costume prop and then just be like well we're gonna go be moody and sit outside and the string lights and just like talk about life and smoke a cigarette like a pretentious italian or and then just but no i just have never it ever funny wanted though, a cigarette. you always said that's what you were doing especially jack jack was always like i hate it and i'm just posing yeah it's just a prop i had a weird but, ex- yeah i had a weird experience last night what I still don't understand it. Uh, I couldn't find Aster. What? It may have been a glitch in the Matrix. That's weird. I'm fascinated by lately. I couldn't find her. I mean, I went to bed and I kept calling her because she always, she follows me from room to room. Mm-hmm. She goes everywhere I do. Mm-hmm. And now she's coming over here. <laughs> and I couldn't find her. And I was like going around calling her. I looked on the chair. I looked on the sofa. You know, like in the living room, there's there's only – if I walk out of my bedroom, I should be able to see Yeah. She, do- she literally is. does nothing. Yeah. So I went outside. She's a retired street dog. I see. I see a retired. 
I went outside because I was imagining, oh my God, what if she went out to pee and there was just some, the thing Adam has always said could happen, happened. And a coyote jumped over the one <laughs> tiny piece of the courtyard where they could, could potentially get in. Yeah. I don't know whether they could jump that gate. People say they would. can. People say they can, but people say every time you say something about like a rat or a coyote, people are like, oh, you know, they can get through that. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, a, oh, that sealed vault. Yeah, a rat can get in there. Yeah, a rat can get as flat as a piece of paper. Yep. Anyway, they. so I went outside. I went outside to um, look and Frances came with me. Of course, mm-hmm. she was she was looking for any signs of vulnerability so she could kill Aster and finally put her out of Frances's misery. Well, she did find she did find Aster the one time she was really missing when you first oh, adopted her. That's right. She, she ran did. into the woods and came back with her. That was so cool. No, actually, I told her we I we all saw her. The whole neighborhood was looking for her, which was incredible. Now that I think mm-hmm. about it, and um, because I'd only had her for a few days, and she was a rescue, and she didn't know her name, she didn't know where she was, she was gone yeah. for five days, and <clears throat> somebody you know called me and said, "My husband has eyes <clears throat> on her. She she's at the." The, the the high school parking lot. Yeah. And she was running around and I saw her and I said to Frances, go get her. And she did. And I had come armed with American cheese because that was the one thing I knew Aster liked. <laughs> That's weird. So uh, uh, Frances went and I called Frances and she came back and Aster came with her. I picked so Aster up. cool. It was the best. Um, it's very homeward bound. Oh, my God. So anyway, last but it was night- like it was like a little foresty brush brush behind the parking lot though. So it it, it mm-hmm. seemed more um more homeward bound even exactly. <laughs> like, it wasn't a parking lot where it's just like hiding behind cars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um so last night I'm looking in the garage. I I was glad I didn't see her dead body out front. Mm-hmm. Always nice. And I was getting more and more panic because I was like, what the fuck? And, and it's time to go to sleep now. I gotta somehow wake up and yeah. What and what? There's no yeah. way. Anyway, so I turn around and sleepy little Esther is standing at the front door (laughs) going, what are you guys doing? (laughs) That's so weird. It was the weirdest thing because I was like, oh, my God, did she find some edibles that I didn't know were in the house? Again. Because Esther loves edibles. Yeah. She She finds them when I don't know they're around and then I just wonder why she's having a stroke. But now we figured it out (laughs) and obviously I try to keep her from doing that. But anyway, that was it. So it was That's it was so very weird. strange and alarming. And I never – I really honestly haven't figured out where she could have been or why. Yeah. She doesn't prefer – she wants to be with me. Yeah. I mean, maybe in the closet because the cat had been there or something. Jack's, Jack's She's not cat. interested in the cat. She knows what cats are. Francis is the one who's all about sniffing where the cat's been. So I don't know. Well, speaking of strange and alarming, mm-hmm. let's jump into this film. Yeah, let's do it. Can we get a theme song first? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, God. I'm Paige. Yeah, I'm Beth. You know, this <laughs> film was a test of patience. There, oh. I have a lot to say about this one. Yeah. Yeah, what movie is it? What what display upon television is it? Well, the heading I put was ballerinas tied up in knots, but <laughs> romance with a twist. Ex-dancer okay. Luna pairs up with Bennett, a world-class aerialist, when he finds himself without a partner for his upcoming Silks performance for a tiny, tiny, <laughs> tiny little town talent show <laughs> for the local arts festival. Well, there you go. 
That's it. Again, I feel like maybe this was not a Hallmark production so much as something that they took on. Yeah. I always I always think that when it's a really short, lame um, yeah. description. Yeah, this was – I got to say, I mean, I was ready to do this last night because I was coming in hot. I was yeah. so <laughs> – I am – I don't get it. I'm I'm really tired of Hallmark With shoving, the meat hates? Well, no, no, just the weird shit that they're shoving down <laughs> our throats. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a lot of people, Hallmark fans out there who like hockey. I, I thought that was tiresome. <laughs> then the soccer one, then the golf one. Yeah. But this, this was ridiculous. This was so ridiculous. I have never disliked a Hallmark hero more. And I'm just going to say it. I'm usually oh, yeah. careful. I don't. He was so unattractive to me. So, so thoroughly. Personality, physically, I don't like that big muscular build myself. And I don't know what this guy really does, but it is not, he is not an aerialist or a dancer. Oh, he's an acrobat. He no, was in Cirque du Soleil. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of uh, intrigue because I tried to look him up. There's almost nothing about him. And this article acknowledges it. Montreal's Olivier Renault rises to fame, personal life, and mystery. Acrobat turned actor Olivier Renault's private life sparks curiosity is the subtitle. Mm-hmm. Um, goes on to say that, I mean, this also seems a little AI written, but I don't know. Bad writers sound like AI, so <laughs> who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, it's on thefager.com. Yeah, he oh. first dazzled audiences as an acrobat with the renowned Canadian entertainment company Cirque du Soleil. Is it Canadian? Yeah. His transition from the acrobatic world to the silver screen. <laughs> the silver mm, screen. Okay. Oh, I don't know that that's what we call television. <laughs> and then this is my favorite part. Despite his public persona, details regarding Renaud's domestic life remain shouted, shrouded in mystery. The identity, the identity of his wife, if he indeed has one, is a question that lingers among his followers. Renaud's choice to maintain his, the privacy of his personal life has led to speculation, but no concrete information has surfaced to provide clarity on his marital status. Oh, for God's sake. Whereas if you Google him, it auto-populates Pepto-Bismol. And then when yep. you click that, you find out he's the diarrhea guy on the construction <laughs> on the construction worker company um, commercial. And the he's he's on a flight attendant, too. It's he was terrible. I don't I, I, I find it really hard to believe he was with Cirque du Soleil unless he was a janitor. <laughs> but he, I, he, I've seen Cirque du Soleil several times. I have never seen the guys on those silks, I guess they're called, struggling mm. the way he did, looking so awkward and so like, oh, I hope I don't fall. Yeah, it, there was no, despite how dickish he was about her getting better and like looking smooth, there was no elegance or grace to him at all. There was tons with her, and there was none oh, with him. She's I, a trained ballerina. Uh, that was clear. Even though it wasn't a thing where you you count like dancing, mm-hmm. I, I just got that sense that he was like saying to himself, "You can do it. You can do it. You can do it." That's how bad. So whatever his history is, yeah, um, and it's like his. And I find it hard to believe. I do. <laughs> And his unattractiveness is like, it's because he was, his character was so awful, Mm -hmm. so smug, so shitty. And then in addition, like, it's not like you naturally have biceps like that. I understand like if he does have the history that it seems like he has, 
it's his part of his job is that he needs to have super strong upper arms. But I usually feel like when I look at guys who have arms like that, I'm like, you're going for something. This is like an aesthetic choice. Yeah, it's the guy that it's skips wrong. leg day. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like that guy is just wrong. Like I hate like the guy who can't wear a t-shirt because his arms look like big ham hocks. Yeah. I hate it. I hate that. But that's also a personal taste thing. But I, but I'm more Agreed. distracted by what a piece of shit asshole he was. He was so mean. I'm sick of fucking meat hates. I understand. Like I, I they're like niche. Des- their desire to do niche romance stories. <laughs> like, well, give her a crazy job. Well, usually him. But like, it's not necessary for me. No. But I understand that they're bored and they're trying to just like do something different and they just can't make everybody like a lumberjack and you know a PR person so they got to do something different and I understand they're trying to just like you know and also I think that they're at this point they're making (laughs) content for people like us who are going to talk about how insane it is yeah but I'm just so sick of the meat hate because I mean we'll get to it in a second but um yeah bad did you have a title for it yeah ballerinas tied up in knots oh right (laughs) I came up with the acrobat's love story and because it reminds me of another title that I can't think of. The hypnotist love story. The hypnotist love story, that's right. Leanne Moriarty. <laughs> yeah. And then um uh Dangerous Silks. <laughs> silk stockings would have been good. Oh silk silk stocking. Yeah. Yeah. Um I hated this movie. The treehouse is- was cute, the rest yeah. was Awful. This is the worst. This I hated this m- movie more than I've ever hated any <laughs> m- movie. Yeah. And then you add those big arms like they're trying to prove something. And yeah, he looks like he's a k- baby with floaties on in the deep end. Exactly. And the thing is, is that I, like I wouldn't I, I usually I don't want to ever say I'm never going to say someone's like they're ugly because that's not you know, nobody on these things. These things is really ugly sometimes. But I <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, it's really, like, who he is and how he acted. And then the, like, the movie forced us to watch him because he was being so mean to her. And she was so graceful and so good. And also, she's probably the most charming Hallmark heroine I've ever seen. But it didn't matter because it was this movie. But, (laughs) you know, but he's, like, he's sitting there running around being awful and saying, like, okay, yeah, well, we'll see. And it's just like, but you're the one who looks like you need help. Like it, and that, that put like a spotlight on, on him that is making it a little bit easier to criticize him Yeah, and harder to just give him the benefit of the doubt because if he was charming and nice and whatever, then it might've been a lot easier to not zone in on like all his flaws, but it's so much easier when the character is written so mean. Yeah. So, so we open up, but yeah. Luna's a dancer, um, but she's now involved with her family's construction, construction business. business. Classic. Her, her brother's her brother's <laughs> a dick. I didn't know. I oh thought at first her brother was sort of an abusive um, ex or soon to yeah. be ex. I thought he was like the antihero. But no, it's just her brother. Yeah. He's impatient with her. Yada, yada, yada. Impatient with her the entire time. And she's so sweet and so game and so like... Kind. Oh no, we've got a series of this this woman. I mean, this was I want to know who wrote this and who how many other things they've written too because th- this felt like the work of somebody who doesn't recognize that they have a problem. Honest to God, because 
I don't, there was no point made that her brother was like that with her. She falls for this guy who's being really abusive toward her. And even her yeah, stepfather totally. w- was like and a pretty narcissistic. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're getting to something about that later, but. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I I had the exact same thought where I was just like, sometimes you read somebody's writing or you read somebody, you see somebody's movie or TV show or whatever, you, you engage with somebody's writing and you can tell like, oh, they have trauma they have not worked through and not yes. to be all LA in 2024 about it. But it's true. Like, this seems like, oh, you have an unhealthy attachment style yes. <laughs> and you engage with men in an unhealthy way. Or you're at least not recognizing the systemic problems of like male, female, like cis hetero relationships and like understanding that there's like that men are not allowed to walk all over you and you don't owe them apologies. I mean, that's happened so many times in these movies where it's just like where there's there are women who are apologizing to men for their downfalls or their failures or their their uh uh, inconsiderate nature or their true unkindness. Yeah. And because they want to make it better, they apologize. And mm-hmm. that's a big problem. That's super true. Mm-hmm. It's not that that's not, you know, that's not that that's not true. But of course, you have the problem then that like it gets into women's heads that that's how you're supposed to engage with men or mm-hmm. that it'll work or whatever. I mean, it's it's really it's really bad. It's it to me this is like the the hallmark equivalent of the comedian who gets up and is just like my wife's a ball and chain. You know, or it's just like <laughs> god, <laughs> it's, I'm so sick of it and you the point's been made and it's just not true and it's kind of it's per, it's perpetuating this terrible narrative that's just not true and the, like and 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 influencing how men view women. I this movie is toxic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really, I really hated it, and I really resented it. I don't understand why they don't get that we want like atmosphere and coziness and mm-hmm. niceness, just yeah. people being nice to each other, and then obstacles that are keeping apart people. We're dying to get together. That's it. We're mm-hmm. not here to watch people fucking hate each other. And I know Emily, Emily. <laughs> Emily to lovers. I mean, enemies to lovers is a mm. common rom-com trope. And I love, you know, Mr. Darcy, uh-huh. you know, like that. But that's, I think everything is a pale imitation of that. Everything, the a whole enemies to lovers thing, I feel like is rooted in pride and prejudice. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that there were a lot of nuances to Mr. Darcy and it was uh-huh. set in a very different time. If I met Mr. Darcy now and I was single, it would be, pretty like pretty big red flags coming up yeah <laughs> i'm not like i'm not the last of my sisters to be mar- married off i'm not like living on a 500 acre property in the middle of nowhere with a dowry over my like that's just not <laughs> right well speaking of which actually i thought it was odd also to have the timing of this one was odd because we're having a hero named bennett the week before and during a lot of advertising for pride mm, and prejudice mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Elizabeth Bennett. So, yeah, that is that is weird. I just thought it was weird because there's such heavy advertising for the paging, paging Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy with Thomas. Yeah. Thomas could never. Thomas would have been more elegant in the silks. I want to oh, throw God, up whenever they call them the silks. I, I get that that's probably real, but I don't care. It's just like. Well, I, I liked when the janitor guy called them bandanas. No, I did. That was the dad. Was it the dad? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, wow. I see now that, that I, I did the dad never again had any spark of humor. So yeah, that's true. He was like, now that I think about it in retrospect, he was like kind of nice in that scene and then weird for the rest of it. But he's also a stepdad. I don't know. Like, but yeah, I just, I don't like when very in the silk. Oh like, yeah. This- and her dad and her dad left too. Yeah. Like he got tired of her, not, you know, her mom, her mom, they got divorced and then her mom met Richard or whatever his name is, Dick. <laughs> and, and, uh, and her dad just slowly disappeared. Like this, this woman, uh, just a history of awful men. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Luna. Yeah. So one. the movie starts with her dancing in her kitchen and then mm-hmm. coming to the door for her asshole brother and saying, sorry, I didn't answer the door. I used to have a routine to this song, which is a very funny reason to say like, <laughs> but he didn't care. He had no, no patience for no, it. He at completely all. dismissed her. And yeah, I, but, and that's the thing. So the whole thing is just like, basically the premise is that this guy is coming to, well, she and her family are, they're construction people and they're putting on things. Yeah. And so they're set, they're like arranging the, like they're doing the, they're setting up the, the Havington festival or whatever it's called. Hazelton, whatever. Hazelton, a famous rehab. Is it? Substance abuse (laughs) rehab center. Oh my God. And I believe, I meant to look it up. I believe it's uh, in Minnesota. Oh my God. But so they're setting this up. It's established that she was a dancer and like they're having all this. And then uh, they're and then like we start to meet him and then he's like be he's walking out of uh, the bus station or airport or whatever transport building with his duffel with his one duffel. And Mm -hmm. yeah, doing a cameo basically. Well, it's like he ran into somebody who's a fan and then she's like, could you take a video for my son? Which is just like imagine an aerial dancer getting stopped on the street by a fan and him being that like cocky and f- chill about it. Just like, Oh, just keep trying. No problem. Yeah. Just keep trying. Follow it's like, dreams. Oh my God. It's like, that's such a specific thing. And if you got recognized, I mean, I can't, I, it, do, it doesn't matter how famous I could ever be. I, I like, I don't know. I guess at a certain point when you're Julia Roberts or you're Meryl Streep or whatever, like you're, you, you get used to it and you can get like kind of relaxed about it, but it brought to mind Anne Hathaway. Have you seen the videos going around about her uh-uh. getting out of the car in Italy and going calma, calma. I cannot meet all of you, but I want to give you something. So I will stand here and wave for a moment. Would that be all right? Is she kidding? No. Oh fuck. I know. And it's like, Everyone has always hated Anne Hathaway, and I have always been like, I like her. She's a great actress. But there's always something about her that's a little shitty. And that was, it's crazy. I mean, everybody's talking about, it's like, she she dead ass thinks she's the princess of Genovia. <laughs> yeah, that's disappointing. <laughs> it's crazy, but I love Kalma. Kalma. <laughs> Were there people there, or was she just talking to? It was like to- 10 people. <laughs> Oh my God. It was so, but I want to give you something. I mean, he brought that energy and it's like, you're an aerialist. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. Oh my God. But then she, he walks into the, um, Oh, she was lo- cute. So she, she goes there first to the place he's going. His mm-hmm. sister is apparently, you know, getting him soliciting his, his services for the talent show. Let's be honest. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And so they've set up these these long drapes for him to swing on. And <laughs> Luna goes into that room and 
Takes off her tins. Eyeballs them. Take, yeah, that was so cute. Takes off her boots and goes up and looks beautiful. She's just Gorgeous. doing beautifully on them. And yeah. then he walks in and she's, whoops, falls. And he's a dick immediately. And he's she was so- still cute, though. She's like, I'm okay, by the way. She <sighs> was she was not participating in the meat hate, which was also interesting. Yeah, I know. That was the thing is that he was being really rude and she was just like, uh, okay. Like she was just being nice and normal and kind of polite and how you'd be. Yeah. And yeah, he just like, he literally says, as you can see, it's not a toy. It can be dangerous. Yeah. Is that guy fucking joking? Like you, who walks into a room with that energy? If you do, you are in such need of so many years of therapy. I just can't like anybody who walks in like that is, that's so beyond to me. I just wouldn't, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm always shocked by how people don't have politeness built into their brains. Like, I feel like I, I was it was hammered into my brain to be polite, but not in a way where I'm weird about it. I'm just it's a priority to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, she, but her she did a lot of falling and a lot of like uh, Pratt falls. Oh yeah, and they were pretty funny. I mean, she was she's she's got good comedy in her, and you know she's got. I just think I just loved her. I mm-hmm. just think it's so amazing how much I loved her, considering how much I hated this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 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 So I just thought it was like so ridiculous that he walked in with that energy and I can't get over it. And then she's like, okay, um, well, I can just show you around, which again, like she's just willing to be walked all over. And then she's like, I can just show you around. He's like, no, that's fine. Just, and he's just going to immediately rehearse instantly. He's going to walk in and then he's just like, what? Also no stretching, nothing. Just guy walks off an airport, uh, walks off an airplane or wherever, and then just walks in and hits the silks. Yeah. He's so fucking (laughs) rude. And then as she's leaving, she turns and watches him spin and twirl, and that's just so not hot to me. But she- No, she watches him, and it goes back. It cuts to him, and then back to her, like, gazing fondly, like, five times. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know how hard up she is for dance or sex, but <laughs> you'd have to be pretty hard up for that to inspire anything in, in you for either. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Yep. So he goes to his sister's house, Gabby. Gabby, who's in charge of the talent show. And he announces that his duet partner isn't coming. Sister freaks out because she has spent a year pitching this idea. What? (laughs) Yeah. And the idea is supposed to be that it's a professional dancing with a normal person, kind of dancing with the stars, though they don't reference that at all. And it's and but and like so his this partner he's supposed to have is Elise, who's from this small town and has a house there was pointed. It was told. (laughs) She also never appears in the movie, um, but it, she, yeah, like, but so he's supposed to dance with a normal person and he's like, no, I got to get, you know, and it's like the whole premise is supposed to be that. So why is he so resistant to like to have anybody dance with him? He's just like, it's just going to be a solo routine. It's just the ego, the ego. Yeah. Well, and then finally he relents enough so that they have a group of like IT interns come <laughs> over to audition and they all suck, of course. And then there's there's that was one pretty that- funny though. I liked watching them <laughs> fail. I didn't because I was just like, no, they would. These would. This is not likely. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, that's true. Impossible. I just think I thought that there were that the people who were doing it had enough charm that I thought it was funny. But like, what I didn't find suitable was the fact that like showing up to an audition like that. And just having never touched the silks before yeah. mm-hmm. is like a little crazy. And also, but also who the fuck, it's not that common. Like aerial yoga is, yes. So 
their best chance at finding somebody in a small town who has experience doing aerialism or whatever you call it <laughs> is going to be somebody who's done aerial yoga probably and yeah. who has a dancing background. Yeah. But he's like, fuck no. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Right. Although there is a moment where he's excited because one of the interns isn't falling off. Yeah. He's like leaning forward and then they fall and he's like, oh. Meanwhile, this girl does beautifully, is like lyrical on these things, and he's like, amateur. Yeah. He's such a dick. He's such a dick. Uh, But Luna, (laughs) my note here was Luna's fantasizing about the silks like I used to fantasize about George Glass in high school. (laughs) She's picturing them and thinking about them and not staying in her conversations because she just can't stop thinking about the silks. I forgot to. Uh, I had another title for this, which which was "Time to Throw Up, Baby Bird." <laughs> well, they do regurgitate. That's how they feed their young. That's exactly the joke. Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> that combined with how much this movie made me want to puke. Um, but when I asked you how it was. Two puking emojis. Emojis <laughs> was your answer. That's true. So, um, can confirm. Yeah. And then she's ta- – so, she, yeah, she's, like, drifting off in the conversation she's having with her family. Mm-hmm. And then she's just, like – she mentions the idea of working on – about how they're trying to get her to be involved in the festival. And he's, like, we need you here not swinging from the rafters. And I was, like, does he know what that expression means? That's oh, about God, yeah. Hanging yourself. That's not her, like, yeah, being ra- hanged. Rafters is, is yeah. It's, it doesn't mean – it's, like – and if you're going to make that joke – you got to be aware of it and didn't read that way. But um, anyway, um, so then she goes, she's like, we need more uh, festive red paint. I'm, I'm, I need some air. I'm going to go for a walk to the hardware store, which is, again, this town must be so small, so small if you can walk to the hardware store from a big property like theirs. <laughs> right. So, right. And then. Uh, yeah, so the then, driveway would have been too much for me. Yeah. So then she's she leaves and then. He, she walks into the place with like ready to audition, and he goes, "Auditions are over." And then she's like, and then the, her friend, like her best friend, is his sister. You'd think he'd be at all polite, even just for that. And the sister never calls it out and is like, "You're being a dick," you know. Like, there's no no women in this movie are aware that he's being unacceptably rude. And then she's like, she's like. Well, I actually studied dance um, in college, which is, oh, that's intense. Like, that's that's real, you know? She's like, I studied dance, and then I danced with this, you know, troupe for this long and that, whatever. And she has this incredible dance background. And he goes, uh, Don't forget, he, she saw an aerial act on a cruise ship. And they were so brave her. and strong. Yeah. I admired them so much. She literally said, they were so brave and strong. <laughs> on a cruise ship. Yeah. <laughs> How sophisticated. And then um, and then she's in the middle of a sentence when he goes, yeah, we're still done here. He into fucking rupts her to say, yeah, we're still done here. And then he's like, but we need to talk. So then he goes to talk to Gabby and then she goes to climb up the, the silks. <laughs> he called yeah. him that. You're going to have to. I know. And it's no shade on anybody who actually does this, though. I don't think it's that common. So I don't think we're going to have hit like the one person who... I'm sure that you do it beautifully. This ma- this girl certainly did, but yeah. I just, it's embarrassing. So um, so then she climbs up 
pretty inelegantly. Well, they say it like it's lingo. They say it the way yeah. they say it. It's like it's cool to call it the silt. Yeah, I'm in the biz, so I can call it that. But for you, they're just the drapes. Yeah, <laughs> or like a yeah, like a gymnast being like, oh, I spent the whole afternoon on the mat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've done that. People say that times about yoga too during yoga. I was, I was just, just gonna, gonna say, say yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, but she climbs up like a monkey, like just really like just all, all crumpled limbs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. She, and he's she gets up there. How did, you, how did you do that? How did she do that? And it's like, well, it's what not, I remember doing mean? that in elementary school. Don't you? Uh, I remember not being able to do it. I've never had any upper body strength, but everybody else did. Yeah, exactly. And she's a dancer. She's lean. She's, she's light as a feather. And she gets up there. So whatever. And then he reluctantly allows her well, no, to he lift. First, first she gives her, this is important because she says, have you ever had an injury that put you out? And he says, yeah, for six months. And he goes on yeah, about it. his. Yeah. And then she said, try that for years. Yeah. And he's just like, he, what did he say? He said, this will be, really, be really hard for you. And she goes, not harder than not dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like, just don't work at a construction company then. I don't know. Should we? Go- yeah. All right. So we're we're operating on that. They have this in common. There's some deep, dark secret from her past and from his yeah. that, you know, they were injured and they battled back and, and you know, like and now it's up to him to give her this chance to, to come back and- <sighs> Oh, I also have a note here that says he's not wearing them, but leg warmers are implied. <laughs> <laughs> he looks, he really does look like the guy that skips leg day though. Cause he, in his shorts, his little toothpick legs. He's Mr. Incredible. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, so on the first day she arrives right on time and he says, if you're not earlier, <laughs> if you're not five minutes earlier, you're late, which is. Uh, something you kind of somebody says about like how they view themselves. You can't hold somebody else to that. Nope. It's crazy. It's so rude to like just be like, you arrived on time, prepared, and you're ready. Let uh, you're fucking late. Yeah. I said twelve. I meant eleven fifty-five. Insane. And then she's just like, uh, well, you're really not gonna like this, but I'm afraid of heights. Which is like, I don't know. I, I was so mad when she told him because I was like, I don't want to give this guy anything. Yeah. I don't want him to know about your vulnerabilities. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to protect her. Yeah. And that's my next note is just, this is a movie about making yourself smaller for men. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it really is. Well, so they have a rehearsal during which she does great. And then the next scene, he's complaining about her to his sister. He wants her out. He's just desperate. So he goes to the teacher to say, no, I ain't getting on it. <sighs> But then the sister says, Audrey Jones Taylor is here. Oh, my God. I never entirely figured out who Audrey Jones Taylor was. No, she's just like a famous singer, I guess. Like, is, Was it a singer? Like, Because I thought this was a dancing thing at, at this point still. And, and I, it was so I confusing. It was. But we missed one of my notes, which is just when she asks him to connect emotionally because the guys who didn't always dropped her. And he literally says, we're not going to talk about your feelings. Like, he's just he's a walking red flag like he should not be those those silks should be red <laughs> the red silks is it and at one point she's asks when they're having one of these conversations she asks about he was talking about some woman that was his partner and she's like oh were you romantically involved he said i don't, I don't want to talk, talk about, about it. 
He said, well, actually, he said, I would rather not discuss that. And then she's just like, and then on my dismissive way. Yeah. And my first thought was just like, oh my God, if somebody said that to me, I'd feel so snapped at. And so, like, it's just so, I hate people who are like that, who are just like, that wouldn't be appropriate or whatever. It's just like, ugh. And then she's just like, oh, come on, tell me, which would never have been my response. But, yeah, he's he's rude and uh yeah, and then at one point he touches her waist and they have a moment that actually ended up feeling really inappropriate. <laughs> oh, I didn't like, notice that. Yeah, well, cuz it was just because like they had like the oh, I felt oh. Uh, <laughs> hi. And then he just like it was just awful. And then yeah, when he's talking to the sister, he, he says, "If she's still a mess in 2 weeks or if it's still a mess in 2 weeks, I'm bringing in someone from New York City." <laughs> Which I New just, York yeah. City. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever called it that. Like, it's what it's called, but it's just like, oh, are you from New York City? Like, <laughs> that's not what people say. It's just so embarrassing. Yeah. Ugh. So anyway, the next thing you know, well, no, we're still with Audrey. Oh yeah, because when Jones they meet Taylor. when they meet her at the coffee shop, she, she like they said they couldn't get her, and then she and then when Gabby goes up to her, she's like. She she's like, did you decide not to back out of the show? Like she already. Well, first she says that she never agreed to do the show. And then she goes on saying, oh, no, but you can't back out now. So it's just bad writing where it's just like there's just inconsistency there where I'm like, did she never was going to was she never going to participate or was she supposed to? And she's bailing because she doesn't have a good enough singer to sing with her. Yeah. Really inconsistent and confusing. And uh, yeah. But then another well, then, celebrity then, that everybody's fangirling over. Yeah. Audrey. Yeah, because she he comes up and she's like, how are things going with your new partner? Which led me to believe that she's some sort of former dancer, now famous choreographer. Not the case. No. And in fact, all of these stooges end up going on a walk together because <laughs> oh <my God>. Audrey, <laughs> Audrey wants, wants to find the source of this mysterious voice yeah. she heard. And they... They, it's like full uh, Ursula. Uh, <laughs> That's too long. Uh, so they're all she. So Luna blows off her brother, and she's like, "I'll be back in five And Audrey throws over her shoulder, "Make it ten So they get outside this window. They hear singing inside, and Audrey tells him, "Climb up the drain pipe and look, look oh who that God. is." Oh my God! I know she wanted him to scale the building. To if spy I heard on someone, someone singing, yeah, I would. If I was, if I heard somebody singing like that, I would su- assume they were in the bathroom, like in the shower, yeah. like. <laughs> and so, I but to, to imply that he should to say that he should go scale the building to peep into somebody's home, I mean, no. So, so they go in the front door and they go to a room. <laughs> she, well, they, the Luna's like, or we could just walk in. <laughs> Right, but it wasn't. Building. It wasn't worth the joke. You no. know what I mean? No, that because that woman's delusional. So for a, a well, but it, a, it's not delusional. It's just fake. It's yeah. It's no, children, yeah. children writing a play. No, no yeah. grown person would say that. No. So they go up. They're in a big room that has only one person in it, and that person is singing. And she says, "I think this is the place." <laughs> really? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> and it turns out now I didn't follow this at the time because this woman is mousy and timid and everything. That turns out to be Gabby's, you know, 
boss. Yeah, she's like in charge of the entire uh, rehab. But did festival. you get that right away, or did you? No, I thought she I didn't was know like a secretary because they were making her so. Oh, I couldn't. I just I wasn't singing. Yeah, she you know? was very sub- submissive and like beta. So when she shows up in fancy lady clothes later and is being like a hard ass, I'm like, wow, somebody, you know, yeah, got to your head quickly. Well, because she also teaches an art class there, but she also, when they walk in and they're like talking about her singing, they walked in on her singing mm-hmm. and then she tries to gaslight in them, <laughs> gaslight them into thinking she didn't, wasn't singing. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because she's like really, she really is saying, she's not like, oh no, that wasn't me. Like, it's not like a joke. She's just like, I wasn't singing. Yeah. She means the hell out of it. And then they're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then they walk out because she refuses to like participate in whatever their little mad, madcap scheme is. And then they're outside and then she goes, they're like, but we didn't even, we didn't even ask her, but they did ask her. Yeah. And she said, no. <laughs> oh God. So, um, then the journalist shows oh, up to the reporter to, is, it's a reporter is not a journalist. I think they said journalist, but I, <laughs> the reporter is also funny. Um, so she shows up at the rehearsal and she, and then, well, they're like, well, we're not ready to, to show a reporter what we're doing, but then they do. Um, mm. Which I don't think is something you'd need to do. I think that you could be like, we're not, we're not performance ready yet. We'd rather not. Like, I don't yeah. think everybody has to just scramble and be like, oh no, the person who has all the power in the world, the journalist who is actually here to just witness what is actually happening and talk about it and doesn't get to manipulate what's happening and force mm-hmm. you to do things, has arrived. So then she sits down at the couch to watch them and says, I know the theme is Starry Night, but try not to put the audience to sleep. She says that to the performers. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I mean, what? That's just so crazy. I, can you imagine? It's like me going to a... F- <laughs> keep talking about football go to a football game and be like, (laughs) I know it's a football game, but be careful. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what Taylor Swift is doing at all the games. (laughs) Careful guys. Careful. Careful. Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Which is like the, the idiot, uh, with the superstitions who ran on the rugby field and, uh, Whatever the hell that movie was called. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the reporter's a huge asshole. This is the whole thing. <laughs> but her fake article has the best writing in the script because she describes the hero and heroine as being like two strangers doing a trust exercise at a conference. Which is exactly Perfect. true. <laughs> yeah, it was the only thing that the script writer got right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, that, it's a funny line, and it's really true. And, uh, yeah. Um, so Luna, next, my next note is that she goes to confess to her family that she's been doing this. Yeah. What, which the fact that she felt that she had to hide it was Mm, troubling, really toxic family. And never have I seen such a disconnected group trying to portray a family in one of these movies. (laughs) These people don't even work at the same company. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're not in the same movie. (laughs) Right, exactly. They're not in the same waiting room for the same doctor. They're just not. These people, these they were filmed separately on different <laughs> continents. So, and then, then Bennett and his sister are arguing yet again about how subpar the construction worker is. 
But this time, Luna walks up on them and hears and runs off. Is, and then when they just, and then, of course, this terrible writer included that. Yeah. And then when they, uh, when they're talking about, when, when they are talking about it and she's just like, they're like, well, we do need you here, which, but it sounds like you need to be there, which is like, not like if you, if you are somebody's family member, it's, you know, we are, we are people who are involved in business adventures together and as well as being family. And like, if you, if you had to go do something else for, you know, that, that was your truest passion, mm-hmm. or even if you're just like, I don't know how to balance doing the podcast for the next three weeks because I have to do this. We'd just have to not do it. Like, I would have to be like, oh, you know what? I support your priority. It's fine. Right, right. Like, you'd have to do that or get a guest on or something, you know? Like, you figure it out. But, like, you don't... Not these people. No, you don't just say, like, well, yeah, I do really need you to do that. But it sounds like you need to do that. Like, that's just so shitty. I don't know. It's just... And I do... I think there are a lot of families who w- would who would handle things a lot differently than we might, you know? Like, people are probably all over the map with that. But I just thought that for the sake of this movie, it would have been really nice for them to, imp- to, to impress her and show her how much support they have for her. And I think that that's what they were trying to accomplish here, but it did seem passive aggressive. <laughs> oh my God. And it's around here that we discover that the injury that put her out of dance for years was not hers. Her stepfather got injured or had a heart attack. I can't remember what it was, but something happened to her stepfather. So she had to drop everything and return home to help out. Then she went to a few mediocre auditions and then just sort of lost the thread. So what the fuck is this? Caretaking I, personality. Yeah, unhealthy attachment you, style. <laughs> but would, Yeah, truth. But would you still, what kind of psychopath says, <laughs> yeah, an injury put me out of it. You think that's bad? Yeah. Try it for years. Yeah. So, I mean, I get, this guy doesn't have any, you know, other, uh, core, you know, like she had a job to fall back on. So him being out for six months would have been more traumatic because I don't imagine he's qualified to do anything <laughs> except for being a mid you know. Well, <laughs> no, I was going to say an executioner in the mid ages. <laughs> doesn't he doesn't have people skills? That's for sure. No, but also if the, it, so, I I missed that and part. He is where not as nice as the diarrhea guy yeah. he played, which is one of um according to IMDb like four roles he's played. He's not even yeah. But then, so if it's the stepfather who put her out of her career, if it was indeed him. He really, really owes it to her to let her go work, do the fucking local festival instead of setting up the stages for it. I mean, what an insult would that be to be like, no, I need you here, but also you have to set up for it. It's just that that's so shitty. Yep. I don't know. But they they do allow her to go pursue her dream. And then they're talking to the boss at some point, the, the, the art teacher boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, who Gabby's trying yet again to convince her to sing with, you know. The, the, the celebrity person mm-hmm. and she goes if i do that everybody will think i put on this entire show for myself which <laughs> is a crazy thing to think someone would think i don't know especially once we see it yeah do you remember the talent welcome what there was a pretty motley crew on the stage of it's the people who were going to be into the show and they called it the talent welcome and <sighs> it's like the two singers Mm-hmm. These two idiots, 
and some people cosplaying at Texas as Texas citizens holding signs outside a Beto O'Rourke appearance. <laughs> like, what is that? What are these people in like cowboy hats on the end, like slumping <laughs> over there? Like, what is the one of these groups is not like the other? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. And then at one point he walks in. He, I guess she's earlier than he is now. And she's at the practice space. And she's dancing. And it's just and it's not like, you know, the scene would have been much more impactful to me uh, if like. If she had been, if it had been some public domain fucking Tchaikovsky, something, you know, something a little bit more elegant and graceful and more emotionally resonant, Mm -hmm. because he walks in on her dancing by herself. And it's not like she's like in in a moment, in a trance, sort of whatever. It's just like, it's like Kobe Calais Mm. music. It's very poppy, like. And I just want to end in the sun in the in the have a bubble bath. All I need is you. And it's just like, that's what she's <laughs> dancing to. And it's like, that's fine for like the opening sequence when it's just like, she's just in the kitchen getting ready for making dinner or whatever. Yeah. That's fine. For a scene like this, it was supposed to be like, wow, you're beautiful. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be one of those fucking cliche moments. And uh, then afterwards, he's just like, I've never seen anyone do that. <laughs> like i have <laughs> what do you mean you've never seen, you've been in the professional dancing space for a decade or two and you're you've never seen anybody just she was not doing anything in particular <laughs> right and it that's the thing that would have matched up if she was having an emotional moment but no well so it seems this town's low stakes bonanza is <laughs> not just the one night because there's also there's some like party outside where you know the 12 citizens of the town are there there's a mm-hmm. band yeah a, ba- a band that appears to be the people in the cowboy hats oh dumford and sons <laughs> god so and then the sister comes up and says you guys need to get out on the dance floor and liven things up oh come on god. and but there were already a bunch of limp people shuffling around out there but they go up and this guy doesn't move at all. What the fuck is that? He's I don't just know. standing there lifting his arms as she twirls around. Like he's just holding onto her hand and she He's so bad at everything in this movie. <laughs> he's terrible. I know. And he's but terrible. The, thing, the second half of this movie though was so much better than the first half in the world of better and good being applied to this movie. 
But it's like it was much better. It was like more atmospheric. It was prettier. There was like it was it was he was now warmed up. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that he wasn't being outright fucking mean anymore. Yeah. He's still unlikable yeah. because of the beginning. But like he was he had stopped being a piece of shit, you know, in that same way. Although there are like three times he tries to fire her. And oh, that's right. He's trying to fire her a th- second or third time when he walks in on her dancing to, you know, whatever starts in your toes and you wrinkle your nose. And Except so, it's not. It's just some generic music that they've sync licensed. Yeah, we exactly. We learned from Keely. Um, yes. And that's supposed to sound like something that you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is sort of familiar. I guess I know this song. Wow, they they really went all out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's like all the music on Vanderpump Rules, where it's just like it's like it's not quite like it. It, it won't be bop 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 poker face bop bop poker face. It'll be like bop 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 booty booty Like not quite, but. <laughs> For a timely reference. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and then at some point they're hammering something because he's like, I'm a little handy. It's just like, oh, so now I'm supposed to let you be part of my thing, even though you were super dismissive of me. Okay. And then I, the one thing I got out of this movie was that cardboard trick with the nail. What? So she's sh- showing him like, she, he's like, what's that? And she's like, explains that like you can use a piece of cardboard and put the nail in it to hold it in place instead of putting your fingers there so you don't, hammer your thumb oh there's a there's a little gizmo on uh, amazon that looks really excellent for that (laughs) i've been wanting it for a long time it's like eight dollars i haven't sprung for it but (laughs) well pretty specific goes against the alton brown thing of not having something in your house that does only one thing but i i'm you know i'm all for it i've hit my nail i've uh, i've hit my thumbnail a lot of times with a hammer so yeah yeah yeah, so when he <sighs> he's, takes her home from something and he wants to surprise her with something later. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. And it's the birthday party where everybody's singing off key. It was oh, well, no, wait, wait. Before we get that, because she's hanging out with her mom and it was a really, really cute scene because he was nowhere near it. Mm. And the mom was okay. She, the girl's obviously great. So in this scene, and I filmed it because it was adorable she's there she's like are you okay honey you do not want to make the cake tonight which i don't know why she has to make her own fucking cake for like everything. she also does the dishes on her birthday so like this girl oh my god is not used to being taken care of it anyway nope. um but her mom like they're making the cake which i guess it's a cute tradition with your mom or whatever but um you're making my cake if i were to want one so no yeah but um so then she's just like and you're buying mine from that <laughs> wonderful place in la whatever it was where you sweet bought. lady jane just closed oh no yeah they went out of business fuck i know um r.i.p uh so I'm fucking sorry. good though god someone's they, i hope they just give the recipe to somebody and they it can be in the la times or something because it's so good they should just to- they should publicize publicize that strawberry cake because they're not making any money off it who cares just sell it i don't know so uh but then so there so she's just like well you're falling in love with him it's clear and then she's just like no i'm not who mom. wouldn't yeah that you're falling in love with that stud cake mm-hmm. and then she's like well, why don't you invite him to your birthday party? And she's just like, oh, I couldn't. Okay. And then so she texts him and invites him. And then she puts the phone. She's like, I'm going to put this away so that I don't look at it every 10 seconds, which was so relatable and funny because, I I mean, 
I have remember many, many days of dating and feeling like that. <laughs> yeah. And then they immediately, she immediately hears a buzz and they look at each other and then she goes and looks at it and then she goes, oh, it's just a, an appointment reminder. And she goes, oh. And then she goes, just kidding, he's coming. And then she does the cutest little dance and she like she does the cutest little jump in the air. She's like super awkward, jokey, cute girl. And uh, I that was adorable. And yeah. I just wish that that what energy. Waste. Yeah, for somebody worthy. Yeah, I mean, she's so great. I just wish she was, I can't, well, I'm, she's been in a couple other things and hopefully they just use her in something else because she's awesome. Yeah. But um, yeah, okay, my so next. Are my we next, at the treehouse? Yeah, well, my next note was who the hell let the birthday girl do dishes? And then, yeah, yeah, and then they're having (laughs) a positively somber birthday song, which we all, not everybody knows my feelings on the birthday song, but I think it's like the worst. The the most horrifying sound in the world is ha. Well, in in one of my unpublished books, I described it as the audio monolith that is the first syllable of the happy birthday song. (laughs) Wow. Yep. That's good. So uh, that is what. So they're singing, and then she makes a wish, and then she misses a candle, and then but she makes a there. second wish. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> she makes a second wish on the candle that didn't go out, which isn't how it works. Um, actually, birthday lore is that if you don't get all of your candles in one blow, then you don't uh, get your wish to come true. So, in fact, all the uh, forces of the universe will work against that wish ever coming true. For you. <laughs> Or at least that's the implication, right? Aren't we all like freaked out if we don't get all the candles blown out? Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those. Th- it's like I was just. I am thirty AF. The Instagram account posted something today that was like a, col- a carousel of col- a collection of like people talking about things from their childhood that really influenced them. Where somebody was like, "Kids from the eighties, did you were you super concerned about quicksand? Why? Where where can you even find quicksand?" Which John Mulaney had a famous bit about too. But then they also. Somebody said, my life is a lot more relaxed now that I'm not <laughs> worrying every day about spontaneous combustion like I was when I was a kid. <laughs> and another one was like, was like, I, I really thought the Bermuda Triangle was going to be a bigger concern in my adult life. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. All and- true. I've, I should, really should think about like. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that'll be fun to think about later because I, yeah. I had a whole bunch of big, scary things. Yeah, you I mean, were afraid of life cereal. I don't eat life cereal now without thinking about how it's going to kill me because you thought moment. life cereal was going to kill me. Oh, I had a whole well, I had a whole thing because I because Daddy told me that if I didn't wash my hands, I was going to die. Yeah. And then so and then I conflated that with the fact that when I watched Muppet Treasure Island, they showed the black spot, and then that meant death. And so whenever I saw anything with black spots, I thought it meant death. And I got really concerned about death and was hyperfixated on death. And so then I was not only washing my hands so often that I had to wear little gloves and lotion at night and go to therapy for OCD suddenly. <laughs> but I also was she, like- You I, had a great therapist. She got you straight straightened out real quick. Yeah, because I don't have that. I don't have OCD at all anymore. Yeah. But like I, it was just very funny because I like I also, yeah, I wouldn't eat life cereal because I thought that meant that, you know- that you would die. And like, I, I, if I don't close that drawer, I mean, I mean, it is, I mean, I'm making light of it because it was myself and it was because it was, I was a delusional seven-year-old in retrospect, but it's just like, there were some practical OCD issues. Like, yeah, if I don't move that tennis ball off the ground, then one of my parents is going to slip on it and fall and die. But it was, yeah, it was, it was all a lot of Muppet Treasure Island and Purell uh, fantasism from (laughs) my father, which is uh, why I had a little nervous breakdown during the pandemic. So... (laughs) If you don't, when when everybody in the whole 
government and universe was telling you, if you don't wash your hands, you're going to die. So for some reason, I got re-triggered. Well, he didn't anyway. say it exactly. <laughs> he, he said it in a longer, more detailed way, like you're going to get germs and they're going to – it was wrong and I disagreed <laughs> with it at the time and tried to set you straight, but it was not easy. Anyway, no. <laughs> so they go out to the to the. To the that's why you got to blow out all your birthday candles in one gust of blow. That's, but that I will <laughs> – I'm going to stick to that to my dying day. Exactly. Um, but they go out to the treehouse, and she yep. says, "She oh, God, says I haven't been here in years." No, what she says is, "The last time I went up there, I fell off and broke my arm. That's Maybe when that's Richard put up the that. stairs. That's when Richard put up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, what? How did she just teleport herself up? <laughs> I mean, I guess the idea would be that you're climbing a tree, but the thing is, is that this thing has a ledge that goes like ten feet out, like." It's a no. Well, There's okay. no. You'd have and to. You'd have to hoist your. You have to be an acrobat to get in there. But would stairs have stopped her from getting hurt? Because Michael Peterson's wife might have something to say about that. <laughs> Both of them. Or, well, oh yeah, one, that's right. One, one wife and, and his one neighbor German in Germany. Woman. Yeah. No, oh I mean God. it's like I'm just thinking. Well, if the stairs were there and you were gonna fall anyway, I don't know. Like this, just more places to hit your head on the way down. I don't. <laughs> Well, and she and she said, I think that might be where my fear of heights came from. Maybe. Again, maybe just add that to the file of things that you should talk to your fucking therapist about because you got a lot to get through. Yeah, and not us. <laughs> yeah. So then she's sitting there. She's going through a little treasure, treasure box. And this guy is visibly bored. Where was the director? Just like, <laughs> at least look at her. Like, look at her. <laughs> look at what she's doing. His, he was looking. Seriously, I saw the bottom of his chin. As he's looking around, he's like, did he think this was rehearsal? Did he Did he hear an owl? I don't know. Oh, speaking of Michael Peterson. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I will admit she's giving her entire emotional history without being prompted, but apparently somebody who needs therapy this badly is it's just going to burst like a dam at some point, and this is it. And this is when she mentions that when Richard came into their lives, her dad started drifting away. And then I, my note is there's yet another selfish, petty, mean man in her life. Yes. I mean, because he used to take her to all of her all of her rehearsals. And that was her whole, their whole, it was a huge part of their relationship was her father's going to, what kind of fucking father mm-hmm. is just like, oh, no, there's a new boy in town. I'm not going to take my daughter to her important shit anymore. Fuck you. Oh, my God. Oh, this poor woman. Yeah. And then, then uh, he has touted that that his birthday surprise for her is actually really cool. Uh, And uh, he takes her to the streets where there is an, uh, I don't remember what the fuck it was called, but it's like where there are street performers Mm -hmm. who are doing the, not silks, but they're doing it with like the the hoops. Mm -hmm. And... She's like, wow, it's amazing. And he's just like, I was thinking we could incorporate. And she's like, I was thinking the same thing. We could incorporate it into art. Like, what are they talking about? And also, this is the fucking surprise. Yeah. If, wow. the, if, if, if Richie surprised me, for, well, it wouldn't be him. But if some guy surprised me for my birthday and was like, come on, I got something <laughs> to show you. And he's like, you're I a writer. A surprise for you. I've been touting it for days now. Yeah, exactly. And it's like. Okay, so you know I'm a writer, and then you take me to one of those like 
ten dollars a love poem typewriter guys on the streets of Austin or wherever, you know, <laughs> like this, you know, those guys who like they're like street performers, but they'll just like write a poem for you on the spot. It's yeah, like but that at would least fucking... that would have been personal. This was more like, you know, I'm gonna take you to see some kids playing in a fire hydrant. <laughs> this wasn't even like anything to do with her, her birthday. No, it was just bearing witness to someone else who does something for a living. (laughs) Yet another, you know, group of people who are, you know, pursuing their dreams. Despite Richard's injury. (laughs) Somehow, somehow we have all soldiered on despite Richard's injury. Oh my god! And so then, yeah, like he he's got a crush on her too, and he's talking to Gabby, and he's like, "My work will come between us," which is like you're not a fucking <laughs> heart surgeon who's like yeah. on call all the time. You're not you the world's best frankly, oncologist. Yeah, and you don't you don't seem that busy right now. No, it doesn't seem like you're that hot. Yeah, people aren't knocking down the door if you got time to come to the the rehab festival in Hazelton. Yeah, I mean, oh. <laughs> So my next note is, why is the singing lady so- suddenly dressed up and mean? Wait, she's the boss? <laughs> and what exactly does Dab- Gabby do when she's not putting together a talent show of eight for an audience of ten? <laughs> the low stakes bonanza. <laughs> oh, my God. It's... Ugh. I don't I don't have any more notes on this movie, So I, but I remember the ending. So all I know is that then the low stakes bonanza happens. And Um, do you have any other notes on it? Because uh, I guess I was stunned silent. Well, at the show, my note was just like, this singing is so homemade. Like, who wants to watch two people singing on the same key with no harmonies or anything? Like, that's not an act. Yeah. They're singing Roxy Fart and Velma Silly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's not my sense of humor. I don't know why I said that. It isn't. That's why it's so unexpected. No, but but for real, like you don't. There, it's. I can't. I don't even know if you don't get it, then you're not going to get it. But like, that's so dumb. They're sing. Like, They're just two middle aged women. Unchallenged. It's singing an unchallenging song in the Gonna same. Gonna take a sentimental journey, a sentimental journey back mm. home. <laughs> isn't that it isn't that it that's what look at us we're like singing stars yeah it's just somebody harmonizing a little bit for half of the each lyrical like they they were sentence. literally two notes that they harmonized the end note and when the end note comes halfway through it yeah was it's not ridiculous. it was hardly mariah carey it was just it was not it what didn't yeah but it is and a then, small town festival i don't know why we're pretending otherwise well but even but, so my my next note was Wait, this is the show? This is how they're dressed? Because yeah. he looks like he's just like been working on the car. Yeah. And this is where I've got to go back and just do a just get that clip of where they both are supposed to be like, what would you call that when you're just like they're thrusting their chests forward and suspended up there? He looks yeah. like he's gonna die. This is where he's like, <laughs> do it, do it, do it. It's like he's like he's at the tail end on the thirtieth hour of a survivor challenge. Yeah. You know, yes. like <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And they're just ugh. I mean, and the thing is, is that she is way better than him. Yeah. Oh. And at very least, you can say that she 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 is as as perfectly as talented at 
this aerialism bullshit. I shouldn't say that. She's perfectly as talented at this than as he is. So I don't know. I kind of embarrassing for him that she's just as good. And it only took six weeks. So I I don't know if that was <laughs> if that was me. I'd be like. God, maybe I'm not that good. <laughs> Somebody is as good as I am in six weeks. Or maybe she was just way fucking overqualified from day one. And I should have known that because look how fast she learned it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And she yeah. defeated a fear of heights in the meantime. She's yeah. fucking 50 feet up in the, well, no, like 30 feet up in the air. Yeah. I mean, it's, anyway, it was By not the way, interesting. That's that's a good point though, because she doesn't, <clears throat> she doesn't actually state that she's not afraid of heights anymore. So that's just one more sensitive thing he does when he he sets her up for their final conversation by having the you know the mean lady in nice clothes. Oh no, the reporter mm-hmm. says my photographer messed up. We need to do a couple <laughs> more pictures, and so she goes in there and she monkeys on up the silks and then the reporter leaves, and he's like, "I wanted to talk to you and wear better." <laughs> We're better than painfully suspending yourself 20 feet in the air. Like anywhere better. She's fucking afraid of height. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. I mean, because like I get, and we didn't even talk about the fact that he had a fear of heights that he overcame and he didn't share that with her. Again, red flag. If this guy's not willing to share his fucking vulnerabilities and connect with you over your shared ones. Mm -hmm. But still, what excellent writing. That's so deep. Yeah. <laughs> and so then the, it, when they're up there, what he wanted to talk to her about is that um, Elise has dropped out of the tour that he's got to do. And so he's in, it's, so-and-so saw her and thinks she's amazing and has already decided that that they would like to invite her on the world tour of the Selk whatever dances. Um, it, it, and she's just like, sure. <laughs> so that's the end of the movie. Yep. And they kiss. Gross. Gross. <laughs> I really have nothing else to say. There's no fixing this. No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I mean, it really, it had no, there was not one interesting thing in here. Not one. Not no, it's just one. take her, put her in another movie. That's how you fix this. Yeah. You don't, you, you squash this and you just and just put him back in the pepto bismol commercials if he has to be anywhere. Yeah. I could happily never see her, him again. And yeah. I'm telling you right now, if he's in another one of these movies, I don't care if it's Countdown to Christmas, you're getting a guess because I'm not <laughs> doing it again. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. He's terrible. He sucks and I think that he's I don't know, I mean, he's just a dick. So, anyway, uh yeah i guess that's the end of the podcast yeah speaking of dicks <laughs> speaking of dicks that brings us to the to the internet <laughs> <laughs> um you can follow us on instagram at nameless best friends again thalo my brother beth's son does the theme song and mm-hmm. you can find his music on spotify and apple music t-h-a-l-o and uh yeah we'll see it we'll see us well we'll see us sooner than next week because we'll see you for the next episode of traders which i cannot wait for and if you're not watching just watch it's so good yeah so fun you can start from the beginning and then listen to our podcast it's not like time sensitive and then we do have then we do have uh paging mr darcy next weekend oh it is that one oh great okay so next week will be fun Mm -hmm. i can't wait Mm -hmm. um and then we're also going to be doing um 
Some, what's the name of that? What happens later? That Meg Ryan movie. Oh yeah, I we're going to be doing that one for Patreon. So uh, we're going to and we're going to have Sarah on from Love Actually and uh, My Norwegian Sarah from Holiday. Our podcast, not Sarah from no. Love Actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have Sarah, who was our guest on the Love Actually episode and uh, the My Norwegian Holiday episode, and is famously James Tupper's nemesis, whether he knows it or not, which he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we'll see you soon. Um, I'm going to go wash my eyes out. Uh, Well, let me know if you need anything. Bye. Bye. This guy is visibly bored. Where was the director? Just like, at least look at her. Like, look at her. Look at what she's doing. His, he was looking seriously. I saw the bottom of his chin as he's looking around. He's like, did he think this was rehearsal? Did he, did he hear an owl? I don't know. Speaking of Michael Peterson. Exactly. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.